Everybody, welcome to another episode of Nostalgia and Now with Laguna Biatch. As always, it is your host Kelly, and I'm super excited to announce that I have partnered with FWB Charity Events. It stands for Friends with Benefits Charity Events. They put together all of the One Tree Hill charity events that you see the cast members going to, and we are giving away one pass to a question and answer with Mr. Stephen Coletti and Lee Norris. You can comment on the post. On my page, make sure you follow their Instagram, my Instagram. You can comment on their page. The more times you comment, the more chances you have to win. And we may be doing another giveaway, so that's a little wink. I want to give a shout out to Allie Evans. She is a co-host on a podcast called Rotten Bananas. It's also Hendrick Files on Twitter. She helped set this all up. She's awesome. She's very funny. And her Twitter handle is Hello Allie Evans, and that is Hello A-L-I Evans on Twitter. Definitely suggest you check her out. She's very funny. She's had a few viral tweets, but I just want to give her a shout out because she is the one who kind of helped put this together. Also really exciting. I am recording on the 7th, March 7th. And today my mom, I might get a little emotional, is officially one month sober. I've been waiting for this for a long time and I know I've kind of kept you guys up to date with everything, but just talking to her, she sounds so much better, so much happier. I try and talk to her three times a week. I don't want to be like too overbearing, but I'm just so proud of her. I know addiction is something that a lot of people deal with, whether it's yourself, whether it's a friend, whether it's a family member, and I was getting ready to give up hope. I really was. I was actually, a month ago today, I was getting ready to call my mom and tell her that I couldn't talk to her anymore until she got help. But this is the first time that she went and actually got help herself. And she seems to be doing really, really well. Um, She ended up telling me that she bought, she's living in like a sober house type of situation right now. And again, it's inpatient. So it's, it's like a regular, sorry, it's a regular residential house, a sober living house. But she can't leave at the moment. When she gets a little more into her program, I believe she has another three weeks left. She'll be able to take her car, leave on weekends, things like that, because my stepfather is really supporting her through all of this, so they're not very worried about him, like, trying to let her drink or or being an enabler or anything like that. But I'm actually going to be doing Zoom therapy with her soon, and I'm nervous about it, but it's going to be exciting. But yeah, I just want to give you that update on my mom. A few of you have asked, and a lot of you have reached out and sent your support, so I really appreciate it. It's, it's really, it's difficult. And I know everybody has a different way to deal with addiction in their life. And I know I've talked about going to therapy, Al-Anon. If it doesn't work for you, that's okay. Just do, just remember to take care of yourself. I think that's the most important thing. Over the last probably three months, I really haven't taken care of myself because I've been trying to help my mom out. I've been trying to help my brother. There've just been a lot of things going on and I'm trying really hard to really get back into, you know, eating healthier and focusing on myself in a way where it's not selfish either. Like, obviously, I'm here for friends, family. I know I just kind of rambled, as I do, as I do. Also, last week, I did not watch the Golden Globes. I couldn't do it. The Zooms drive me insane, which sucks because the Grammys are coming up, and I'll probably watch that. I'm going to talk about the Grammys a little bit later in the brunch portion. I'm just, I'm over Zoom meetings. I'm over them at work. You know, I'll have, like, five to six hours of Zoom meeting someday, and I'm like, I can't take this anymore. (laughs) I also wanted to take a second and apologize. Last week, I was talking about Floribama Shore, and I kind of made a joke about how Courtney scares me and how I'm glad she's not on the new season because of that, but I was educated. Um, Apparently, she is dealing with a lot of trauma and emotional stuff from her past, so I wanted to apologize for being rude about that. I never want anyone to feel bad, and I hope that she's getting the help she deserves. Again, I apologize for my ignorance on that, and also I kept calling Nick Jonas's new song Astronaut, and it's called Spaceman. I think they're the same thing, (laughs) but yes, his new song is called Spaceman, not Astronaut. Also next week, if you are in the United States, anywhere but Arizona, we will be pushing our clocks ahead an hour, an extra hour of light, and I'm excited for that. I'm ready for some sun, I'm ready for some nice weather, and I, it's funny, it's been pretty sunny in Nashville the past few days, and I'm like, 
wow, I maybe I do have seasonal depression. Like, this sunshine's been very nice. <laughs> One last thing before we get into TRL where there are no requests, it's not live. I actually did this foot soak and I've been somebody, I'm not trying to be like a hipster or anything, but I've always used apple cider vinegar before it was like a trend that people did. My mom was always about it. I used to take apple cider vinegar baths. It's really good for your skin and help with like lady parts and things like that. But I made this homemade foot soak and I guess I didn't really make it. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people do it, but I put like four cups of apple cider vinegar and then hot water. I think I did four cups of warm water. I did hot because I like hot water. And then I put in two big spoonfuls of Epsom salt and I stirred it around, soaked my foot for 12 minutes and then scrubbed it. And it was like an at-home pedicure. So if you have some time this week, I suggest treating yourself to that because my feet feel so nice. And I've been having foot issues a lot lately, ever since I broke my foot back in December or January, I think. I don't know, it was a long time I had to wear that fucking boot. But my feet feel super nice and that is just a little at-home thing I would suggest. Also, if you want shiny hair, vinegar helps. Just like quick vinegar rinse. Another thing my mom taught me. I wanted to say that I have been using Justin Anderson's DP Hue rinse, scrub, conditioner. And it's been incredible. I feel like my hair is so healthy. It feels healthier than it's felt in years. So if you were kind of on the fence about buying his hair stuff, definitely suggest it. This is not an ad. And he was nice enough to send me some product. I tried it, really love it. And I'm definitely gonna be a customer. All right, time for TRL. One of my favorite things is just looking at everything on Netflix that I haven't watched because I just continuously watch the same shows over and over and over again. This week on Netflix at number 10, I Care A Lot. Number nine, R. Kelly. R. Kelly, I, Carly, oh my God. You know, I put that one in my Instagram story, so I'm just gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it since you guys have heard it. So at number nine, I, Carly. Eight, Behind Her Eyes. Seven, Dark Knight, great movie. Six, Training Day, another great movie. Five, Bigfoot Family. Four, Moxie. Three, Sentinel, I believe is how you pronounce it. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. If I say, I believe that's how you pronounce it, there's a 98% chance I am pronouncing it incorrectly. But it definitely looks interesting because I feel like we've seen a lot of movies about men coming back from military service and like trying to become a civilian again and dealing with civilian life. But we rarely see stories about women and that's what this is about. So I did put that on my watch list and I will watch that one. <laughs> Number two, Murder Among the Mormons. And I actually watched the first episode of that. And I I actually was really familiar with it. I don't know if maybe My Favorite Murder, the podcast covered it. So I don't know if I'm gonna keep watching it. I probably will, but I watched the first one and I was like, oh, I kinda already know all this. But anyway, number one is Ginny in Georgia. And I am sure within the last week, you probably saw Taylor Swift talk against that show because they made some joke being like, you go through boys faster than Taylor Swift. I understand why she's upset, but to me, I'm just like, that's just a lazy joke. Like that joke hasn't been relevant since like, or funny, relevant or funny, let me say that, since like 2014. So get better writers on that show. If you're hiring Ginny and Georgia on Netflix, I am available and I'm here to help. So the top 10 songs on iTunes as of March 7th, number 10, Wasn't Me by Shaggy. Number nine, Beautiful Mistakes, Maroon 5, and Meg the Stallion. Number eight, Hold On by Justin Bieber. Number seven is Drunk by Elle King and Miranda Lambert, and I really like that song. I like Miranda Lambert in general. I know some people really dislike her, but I, I like her. Number six is Astronaut in the Water by Masked Wolf, M-A-S-K-E-D. I feel like that's a hard word for me to say or pronounce, I don't know. Number five is Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond, and I said that song was on iTunes because people wanted to feel happy again. Apparently it's actually in Ginny and Georgia. So that's probably why it's on the iTunes charts. Number four is Up by Cardi B. Number three, My Head and My Heart by Ava Max. Number two, What's Next by Drake. And number one is Leave the Door Open, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. Now for my top 10, I decided to do shows that I love. And this is in no order, and it's also not reality shows. So there's no reality TV in this top 10, but I have One Tree Hill, The O.C., Gossip Girl, Schitt's Creek, Superstore, Grey's Anatomy, Friday Night Lights, 
Vampire Diaries, and I'm not super proud of loving Vampire Diaries as much as I do, but it's a good show, okay? If you want to get into like a good teen drama, Vampire Diaries is where it's at. And then the last two are Broad City and The Bold Type. And I love both of those shows a lot. Some of it is just the nostalgia, right? Like rewatching Gossip Girl, I'm like, this show isn't like great, but it's it's iconic. It's iconic for the time. And same with like The O.C. Rewatching the first season of The O.C., you're like, wow, this show is amazing. And then as the seasons go on, you're like, okay, it's all right, but it's iconic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Friday Night Lights is one of my all times though. In, the, in uh, One Tree Hill, of course. Also, real quick about Superstore, does everyone know it's ending like this month or it's either this month or May? And I am not ready for Superstore to end. I love that show. I don't think it's ever gotten enough credit for being the funny show that it is. But I kind of knew when America Ferreira left that it was going to be like the nail in the coffin for it, unfortunately. But that is what I have for TRL this week. Now this week we are going over season four, episode six, You Always Miss a Best Friend. Of course, as always, you know what it starts with. You know, previously on The Hills. Things had been tense in the house. Audrina had been leaning more on Justin Bobby recently. But now Lauren and Audrina want to work harder on their friendship. And I believe Lauren said something about low, but I didn't write it down. But both Audrina and Lauren are excited to work on their friendship again. We are reminded that Holly still lives with Spidey. And of course, Spencer hates it. And we end with this. But now Holly was about to turn for help to the last person anyone expected. I just love the way Lauren keeps us like hanging on those previously on the hills. Every single time she ends it, it just, it makes me want more and that's why I keep watching. So we start the episode off in the Spidey apartment and Holly asks what Heidi is doing that night. Just cooking dinner and staying in, what about you? I kind of just want to go out and explore the city a little bit. And Heidi quickly goes, well, if I didn't have to work, I'd go with you. And all I can think of is like season one, Heidi, who's like, I never want to work. I just want to go out and party and have fun. (laughs) And the best part is that this job's super fake. Of course, we didn't know that at the time. And we were supposed to be thinking that like Heidi was growing as a person. Holly's response to that is, I need to meet people. I only know you and Lauren. And you don't even know Spencer sitting there until you hear him go, yeah, you should totally hang out with Lauren. Holly then says that she ended up losing touch with her. And Heidi responds by saying, I know you guys were really close, but now it's awkward between us, but I can't tell you who to hang out with. Heidi is not Spencer, but Spencer quickly says, well, I can tell you who to hang out with. And while you live here, there's no socializing with Lauren. There's 15 million people in LA and she wants to hang out with Lauren. And like Spencer gets up, storms out. It's a very embarrassing moment for Spencer because Spencer is so pressed about Lauren Conrad. I think even now to this day, he's still very pressed. I always think of the Spidey Us Weekly cover that, or People cover, I think it was Us Weekly, not People, when they first had Gunner and they made sure to add a bullet point, did Lauren send a gift? And what happened on Instagram is Heidi cut that line out when she posted the cover, but Spencer didn't. Spencer kept it in. Also, I don't know if all of you know this, but one of the reasons why Lauren and Holly were so close was because they were roommates. Holly lived with Lauren and Heidi for a while during season one. Of course, we never knew that. We never met her. But I think they should have explained that. Maybe they do later in the season. I just don't remember it. But I feel like they should have explained it so we all knew why they were so close. Like, it is kind of random. Yes, I'm friendly with my friend's sisters, but I'm not like best friends with them. So I think if production wanted to not be lazy, they should, or I don't know if it's laziness, they just wanted everyone to seem like strangers when they weren't. But if they were kind of like, oh, well, Holly lived with them for a short time, it would have made a lot more sense. But maybe they didn't want to do that because then it would expose that Lauren and Heidi actually had a third roommate and it would just make it look fake, which is something they didn't want to do until the very end. And just to be completely clear, I am still not over the Hills finale. I'm sure you guys know that. Um, That is one of the biggest like gotcha moments of my life (laughs) to this day. The next scene, we're at People's Revolution and we have a Whitney and Lauren moment. And I still hate that they sit in desks that face one another. Whitney starts off, how are things with Audrina? Things have gotten a lot better. And then they both kind of talk about how you always have ups and downs when it comes to friendships. And I agree with that. I talked about it a lot on the last episode. And I really think it is important to try and like 
ride the waves of friendship in a way. And I always tell my friends, I'm like, I'm glad we've been able to like maneuver all the shit that has happened. Because again, you, if you've been friends for a long time, you go through like hormonal changes, you go through life changes, you go through a lot of different changes, and hopefully you can navigate, you know, those, those seas together. And Whitney ends up agreeing with Lauren. She's like, yeah, you know, that does happen in friendships, especially when you're that close. But all of a sudden we hear Lauren's phone going off and we find out it's Holly. And Lauren said she's living here now and she wants to hang out. And Whitney's like, how do you feel about that? I mean, I'd, I'd love to see her, but I'm reluctant. But I love her. She was one of my really good friends. And Whitney's like, you should see her. But Lauren doesn't want to cause any more problems. She's like, I've already seen what happened with Stephanie. I don't want it to happen to Holly. Clearly, she has a big soft spot for Holly. And she's like, with Stephanie, I didn't really care. Like, Spencer's the shit. The Spencer's not the shit. Spencer is a piece of shit, is what I meant to say. In Lauren's eyes, of course. I'm not, I'm not saying he is in my eyes. I'm saying in Lauren's eyes, that's how she thinks of Spencer. That's why I always thought it was funny when people would be like, maybe Stephanie has ulterior motives. Okay, maybe, but maybe Lauren does too. Lauren ends up saying, um, you can always use more friends in the city. It would just help if they weren't all related to people I didn't get along with. And I thought that was kind of funny. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe you should try and spread your wings a little bit instead of your enemy's siblings. But the Hills production's like, no, we're gonna bring even more friends that are um, related to people you hate. I don't think they do that though. Anyway, the next scene we're at Epic Records and Audrina gets a call and she's like, I'll be right in. So we don't know where she's going because we don't see our girl Kiara. Kiara is nowhere to be found. So who is Audrina speaking to that's not Kiara? Before I tell you who she's speaking to, I would like to highlight the posters in her cubicle. I'm pretty sure I've done this before, but she has Sean Kingston, she has Augustana and she has Incubus. But we end up meeting Kristen Loretta for the first time and she's a publicist with her own office. So she's definitely up there in the ranks at Epic Records. And she tells Audrina about a showcase with the white tie affair. And Audrina is there to be Kristen's right hand woman basically. She's like, you know, Kiara's out. I need you to run this with me. I need you to help me put together a guest list. And basically your job is to get everybody in before the band gets there. And we also find out that Charlie, who's the president of Epic, is gonna be there. So it has to look full. Like it's a very big deal for Audrina to have this role. And Audrina promises that she will have it under control. Now we are at lunch with Lauren and Holly. And they both look great, love their look. Lauren is wearing a pair of like dark jeans and a button down shirt. And I'm always jealous of girls who can wear button down shirts because with my broad back and my big boobs, it's just not possible for me. But Holly ends up telling Lauren that she's living with Spidey and she doesn't think it's working out. She also, she's like, I don't want the whole Heidi thing to ruin our friendship. And Lauren goes, obviously it has no effect on how I look at you at all. But I just, I went through all this stuff with Stephanie and it's been different for the both of us. I don't want to break up family. And Holly says that Heidi has been overwhelmed with how bad everything turned out. And then there's like a really long pause. Well, yeah, well, yeah, we, we were like the three musketeers. I miss it. And it's just awkward because Holly says that and Lauren's just kind of looking at her. And Lauren's like, well, you know, you can reach out whenever. And Holly says, hopefully I get to see you more. And then Lauren does this like weird slow nod. It's like she's looking off into the distance, just nodding her head super slowly. I'm like, what are you thinking, Lauren? Please tell us what you're thinking. But that's the scene. It is a very quick scene. We don't even get to see them get food together. It's just Holly being like, please be my friend. And Lauren being like, okay, I guess I'll be your friend, but I don't want to ruin stuff. Okay, so we know that Holly and Lauren are probably going to become friends again. But now we are at date night with Audrina and Justin Bobby. They're at the Amalfi restaurant. It looks like a very, very nice Italian restaurant and I would love some Italian food right now. But remember, Justin Bobby is a changed man now. He's very nice, he's very respectful. He looks at Audrina, he says, you look really pretty tonight, I like that dress. She goes, it's a skirt. Wow, you fooled me. <laughs> it's just such like a corny little moment. <laughs> Justin ends up asking about the situation. Of course, the situation is not Mike the situation, it's Lauren Conrad. And Audrina says it's going a lot better because Lo and Lauren are making a big effort. And then she goes, and I'm making an effort too. You're really good at accepting people again, aren't you? Like you? Yeah, but our situation is way different. I just don't, I just think it's bad to hold a grudge. And then Audrina invites Justin to go to the band party with her. And he says he'll go for sure since it would benefit Audrina. He's like, if it'll benefit you, of course I'll be there. I do not have a lot of faith in Mr. Justin Bobby to show up at a white tie 
a cat, whatever the fucking band name is, white tie um, event. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm gonna be very busy, but sure, I'll go there, wink. Now the next day we are at the Lauren's in Audrina's house and they're making tea together. And they're like trying to figure out what tea they want. Audrina wants something with caffeine. So I think they go with English tea. I could be wrong though. But Audrina ends up inviting Lauren to the white tie affair party and after party. White tie affair, there it is. Reminds me of the black and white affair from season one of Laguna. But Audrina then mentions Justin will be there and he's been super supportive and Lauren's happy and she's like, I think Justin will always be supportive of you. So Lauren has decided to completely shift her mindset when it comes to Justin Bobby. But Audrina asks about Steph and Lauren just goes, yeah, she's good. She's been busy. And then she drops the bomb about Holly. So you know production was like, ask her about Steph, then be like, and now you're befriending Heidi's sister again, who is like one half of your mortal enemy. But Audrina is so scandalized. Her reaction's so perfect. She like shows all of her teeth and has like the widest eyes I've ever seen. But Lauren does think it's a good thing Holly moved here. She's like, it'll be good for Heidi. Because again, Heidi's family is very worried about her. But also she thinks Holly is a good influence. Of course, in about a season, we will realize Holly might not be the best influence, but she is a good time. Now it is time to party on the hills. We're at Hotel Roosevelt and everything is set up, but Audrina is happy. Audrina is smiling. The place is pretty full. We then meet Charlie and he gives a pep talk. He's like, you were in LA, you made it. This is gonna be a great time. There are 250 guests who are excited to see you. And then they all take a shot together and celebrate a little bit. In this band, it has a lot of energy. It reminds me of like Click Five meets The Academy Is meets Cartel. You know, like that kind of music. You know what kind of music I'm talking about. But that's what White Tie Affair was. And I was like looking them up and I didn't recognize any of their songs. So they must not have made it very far. Maybe they did. Maybe I just insulted a whole group of people and I apologize if I did. But they come out, they have a lot of energy. But also it does look really empty. It doesn't look like a very filled venue. But I guess 250 people in like a ballroom probably doesn't look very packed. But Steph, Lowe, and Lauren show up and Lauren's love. Loving it, like she's holding Audrina's hand, they're dancing together. Remember, Lauren said, I go for you. I bob my head at the weird music for you. And then she asks where Justin is and she goes, I don't know and he won't text me back. And then we get a sad Audrina face and we do not like sad Audrina. Sad Audrina breaks my heart. I don't know what it is. Whenever Audrina looks sad, I am also sad with her. The next scene, we're at the Spidey apartment and Heidi walks in and asks where Spencer is. I don't know, I haven't seen him. What have you been up to? Not much, just out looking for jobs is what Holly says after Heidi asks what she's been up to. I haven't seen you in forever is what Heidi says to Holly. And I'm like, wait, what? Weren't you just complaining that like you see her way too much? So which is it? Which is it, Heidi? Do you see her never or do you see her all the time? Like, come on, come on. I'm trying to keep up with a good storyline here. And then Heidi goes, what did you do yesterday? I went to a bistro place and I went with Lauren is what Holly replies. And I'm going to play an audio clip in three, two, one. Really? Why You're you my best friend and my sister and you didn't want to tell me. You just kind of went behind my back and did that. I don't know anybody here, Heidi. And it's not like I'm trying to keep anything from you. I mean, I'm just seeing you now for the first time. And yeah, but how am I supposed to feel about that? You guys are both like little sisters to me. It's like but I am your little sister. And you know that my loyalty is always to you. Do I? Yes, no matter what. Can I not tell you things now? Can I not trust you anymore? You should know me better than that. I know, I I know. This whole thing has been really hard for me. It's hard for me to hear even that you went to lunch with her. It's kind of, I don't know. You know me and you know that I was there, if anything, mostly for you. So with that, Holly goes, nothing is beyond repair. I can tell that she misses you. So Hill's producers are like, we need to get these two together again. We need them to become friends. We need them to have some sort of moment together. And also it kind of cracked me up how she sounded exactly like Spencer. And to be fair, I would also be upset if my sibling was hanging out with someone who I did not like. I will make that clear. I get why Spencer was mad at Stephanie. I get why um, Heidi was mad at Holly. Those two names like (laughs) Stephanie Spencer, Holly Heidi, like these fucking names are all the same basically. But I do understand why they're upset. Now we are at the after party. Very positive vibes. Everyone's smiling. Everyone's having fun. Brody's not there to ask for a hug. Stephanie is flirting with the guitarist who kind of looks like Paul from S Club 7. 
He ends up showing Stephanie his nipple piercings, and then Steph admits that she secretly had her tongue pierced once. They're kind of like going back and forth, and Stephanie's like, ooh, you're a bad boy. And then she's like, I only have one tattoo, but I did have my tongue pierced once. And he's like, uh, you are a bad girl then. But Lo asks Audrina if Justin Bobby's coming. He's, um, I, I don't know what he's doing. And Lauren just looks at Lo and she goes, way to be a buzzkill. <laughs> Again, it was one of those moments. Lauren Conrad does have some funny moments. They don't happen often or all the time, but she does have her funny moments. Now we are back at Epic Records after the epic party that Audrina put together. And Kiara and Audrina catch up. Audrina's like, I absolutely loved it. I think everything went really well. And then Audrina tells Kiara that Steph, Lowe, and Lauren went, and she invited Justin, but Justin didn't show up. And then Audrina says, I feel like I give and give and give, but he never gives back. I know not to invest my feelings in anything. I invite him to come. He needs to, like, not act like Mr. Cool Guy all the time. He needs to make more of an effort. And then Kiara goes, do you still have chemistry with him? <laughs> She's, like, pouring her heart out, and, you know, Kiara's like, yeah, but is the sex still good? Yeah, but he doesn't show he actually cares. He doesn't show he cares about me. So the next scene, we are at Fitum because remember, Steph and Lauren are college students. And Lauren tells Steph about her lunch with, ho with Holly. See, I do it every time. Like, I'm not even going to edit that one out. I do it every single time. So Stephanie says, I remember Heidi told me you guys were best friends. She's just so positive. She's such a positive person, Lauren says. Lauren then tells her Holly reached out first, but she doesn't want Holly getting caught up, though. And Stephanie's like, yeah, kind of like what happened to me. And Lauren's like, yeah, I don't want that to happen to her. Whereas, you know, in Lauren's mind, she's like, I saved you from Spencer. So I don't feel bad about all of that, really. <laughs> so this scene is cut up. It's half Stephanie and Lauren, half Heidi and Kimberly. We haven't seen Kimberly in a while. So Kim's back. And Heidi tells her about the lunch situation. And Kimberly goes, did she know Lauren before? We were all best friends, so I'm not gonna say don't be friends with her. It just makes me sad. Because it's not bad? No, little, like, a little time of our friendship was fighting. Years of friendship. We were best friends for years. It's just so unfortunate that she hated my boyfriend. Then I, I said a lot of things out of anger that I didn't actually mean. And I'm like, is that an admission? Is that an admission about the sex tape, Heidi? Is that what you're trying to do? And Kimberly's kind of like, maybe Holly will bring you two together again. Back to Lauren and Steph. She actually admits missing all the fun they had together. And then Heidi says, maybe one day we will be friends again, meaning her and Lauren. And then Steph goes, did seeing Holly make you miss Heidi? And Lauren just nods her head. Yeah, you'll always miss a best friend. Boom, that is it, that is the end, that is how it happened. They're really teasing us with a little reunion for these two gals, I will say that. They're trying really, really hard. Also, just a quick moment, I wanna give a shout out to whoever runs Lauren Conrad's Instagram, because they did the um, twist braid. She was like, Gen Z can have their middle parts, but they can they do a twist braid or something? And whoever runs her social media marketing stuff now is so damn good. It's actually my most liked photo of all time. So thank you for that, Lauren Conrad. Um, but yeah, that twist braid. I cannot wear braids. I don't look great in braids. Again, my broad back, like, I don't know. Maybe I do look good in braids. I just don't want to ever wear braids because I'd feel like a lumberjack woman. A, a lumberjane, is that what I would call myself? But yeah, Lauren Conrad is still doing the damn thing. Also, I have noticed Heidi is not drinking in her stories anymore. So I don't know if she's trying to get people talking saying she's pregnant or if she's just genuinely trying to cut out alcohol. Whatever it is, Heidi looks great. She was also in a studio recording, so maybe we will get superficial number two. Um, as far as the Hills reboot going goes, I know Justin Bobby does perform at a sober event that Jason was throwing, so that'll be fun to watch. And also, I really, really hope that they give Jason's storyline the real, like, look it deserves, in my opinion. I feel like Jason has really come a long way, and he's been very open, and I know he's had relapses and stuff, but again, he's open about that. And yeah, I wish like nothing but the best for Jason and Ashley. I actually really like those two as a couple. And I remember some people like hating on Ashley and for a while she blocked me, but now I'm unblocked, so I'm cool with her. <laughs> but I think her and Jason are really good and she seems to be a really good partner for Jason, which is important with an addict, of course. And I actually really like their YouTube series, the Jaws series. 
That's like when people are like, do you watch Timmy and Whitney? I'm like, no, but I have watched Jason and Ashley. <laughs> Some other quick Hills reboot updates. I know Caitlyn's involved still. Caitlyn and Brody will have some scenes together, I know. Allegedly, Brody gets naked and they film him in the shower. I don't know if that's true. Could just be some, like, thirst monster posting some shit out there. I'm trying to think of what else, what else. Brandon Thomas Lee actually was at the sober event with Jason and he thanked Jason because he's been sober five years and gives a lot of credit to Jason for that. Audrina and Sean um, Stewart apparently have a little fling. Justin Bobby, I can't wait to see what they're going to do with him because his ex dragged him across Instagram and I wonder if they're going to talk about that. Frankie Delgado is still just going to be Frankie Delgado. <laughs> but I do think his wife is going to be involved more. And that is all I have for the Hills update for now. So I don't have a ton for the pop culture brunch right now. Um, basically I'm excited for the Grammys. I'm actually going to watch the Grammys. I know I said I didn't watch the Golden Globes because it's all Zooms, but I can deal with like music Zooms as long as they sound good. So the performers have been announced for the 2021 Grammys. It's BTS, Billie Eilish, Taylor Swift, Harry Styles, Haim, Cardi B, Doja Cat, Dua Lipa, Meg Thee Stallion, Bad Bunny, Miranda Lambert, Post Malone, Roddy Rich. Marin Morris, John Mayer, Mickey Guyton, Guyton, Chris Martin, Da Baby, Low Baby, Black Pumas, Brandy Carlisle, and Brittany Howard. Honestly, I'm trying to. I'm wondering, not trying. I'm wondering if maybe Haim and Taylor Swift will do something together. I mean, they have their Nobody No Crime. They have the Gasoline Remix. It would just kind of make sense if they were to get together and do something for the Grammys. I would also fucking die if she ended up singing with like Bon Iver or something and they sang Exile. Because Exile is one of my all-time favorite Taylor songs. I'll throw that out there right now. But overall, solid list. And again, I am going to watch it. I'm probably going to hate watch it. I'm probably not going to like it after 15 minutes. But you know I have to watch Taylor. That's the reason I want to watch um, I'm trying to think about other things that happen in the pop culture world. Dolly Parton got vaccinated and she actually ended up singing vaccine, 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 vaccine. Don't, that's, I'm not a good, like, I'm sorry you just had to hear me sing, but I thought that was very cute. And she also was wearing a shirt that only kind of showed, was that called like a cold shoulder shirt or something? But I was like, she's definitely covered in tattoos. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> She has gone on podcasts apparently and talked about it and she's had scars from like different surgeries. So she's gotten tattoos over those scars just because she doesn't like the look of them. But I want Dolly Parton to be covered like from like her elbow to her wrist, just tattoos. Give my girl a half sleeve. That's one thing I just want to believe, right? Like I just genuinely want to believe that Dolly Parton is covered in tattoos. <laughs> also on Instagram, Aaron Carter. Oh, Aaron, I hope Aaron Carter can get some help soon. As you guys may know, he is fighting Lamar Odom. They're doing a boxing match in Atlantic City. And Aaron ended up posting something that his fiance is pregnant. Now, when I say this, he posted the pregnancy tests and one was positive and one looked almost positive, but wasn't positive. So it seems like it's very early. It seems like maybe not the time to tell people, especially your Instagram followers that you're pregnant, but that is what Aaron Carter decided to do over the weekend. Um, I really hope that the, if if his fiance is pregnant, that the baby's healthy. That's That's really what I wanna say. I do have some sympathy towards Aaron Carter because Lou Pearlman really fucked with him. I don't care what anybody says. Lou Pearlman is a monster. I've talked about it a lot on the podcast. And I feel like he really was made like Aaron just his lapdog. Or I know that sounds disgusting. But yeah, that's what I mean. This is another kind of random story. But Bam Margera has definitely been going through a lot lately. And he's been hospitalized with a staph infection. Again, he's someone who I hope gets the help he needs sooner rather than later. But yeah, like I said, I am about to talk about Harry and Meghan. But other than that, I feel like pop culture has been rather quiet. And maybe I'm wrong with that. Maybe maybe I just missed like a whole bunch of stuff. I don't know. Now let's talk about what everybody in the world is talking about right now. 
The Meghan and Harry interview with Oprah. Honestly, I thought it was really well done. And I really liked that at the beginning, they made it clear that they were not getting paid for this. They were just doing this to kind of tell their truth. And who better than Oprah? I mean, Barbara Walters has retired. I feel like there's no one out there who could really interview these two. Maybe do it. But I was trying to think of other journalists and nobody really came to mind. Maybe Anderson Cooper, but probably not. You know, Andy Cohen would be like in the background being like, Megan, do you want to be a part of the Housewives? But I thought the interview was really, really interesting. Now, my family has always been very interested in the royal family. I will say that. Like, my grandma loved the royal family. Like, she genuinely thought she was like cousins with Queen of England. Okay, maybe not that much. But she talked about the queen a lot. And <laughs> she had like a china cabinet. And I, she would always tell me it's for when the queen came for dinner. So when I was younger, I genuinely thought Miss Queen Elizabeth was going to swing by Carver, Massachusetts and have dinner with us. But my mom was always like Princess Diana. She always loved Princess Di. And I guess I never really had feelings about Meghan in general. Like there's never been anything where I've been like, oh, I don't like her or, oh, I really like her. Actually, that's not true. I've heard her speak before she was um, Duchess. And I really liked um, the, the things that she said and how she spoke about women and women empowerment and things like that. The only really part of the interview that I did not like, and this is just me being nitpicky, is when she was like, you know, as an adult, I rewatched Little Mermaid and, you know, the mermaid loses her voice even though she finds her prince. And then she gets her voice back. And I was kind of like, okay, Megan, like, I get you're trying to be relatable, but let's, that's neither here nor there, right? Like that is a blip in the whole interview where they spilled so much tea. So it's, (laughs) I just thought of like the, um, the Boston Tea Party overthrowing England. You need to spill tea, apparently, to to get rid of the monarchy. I'm just kidding. Anyway, it started off with just Megan, and I'm sure a lot of you watched it as well. And it was really sad to listen to. And it was, you know, I think there was always this thing that the royals truly hated Megan. Like, that's kind of what I would hear in the tabloids. That's what I'd see. And then I would see, like, Megan was really difficult to be around. And it was just kind of a back and forth thing, depending on what news site you were reading. And they talked a bit about the Kate and Megan feud that they had. And that's when Megan said, actually, she made me cry. I didn't make her cry. She made me cry about a bridesmaid's dress. And I know that the media is really holding on to that. And again, I get it. Like, the media favored Kate compared to Megan like crazy. But one thing I wish that the media did pick up on is Megan said, but she did apologize. She got me flowers and wrote me a beautiful handwritten note apologizing for her actions. I thought that was a pretty big moment because Megan was clearly like, yes, she made me cry. She made me feel bad, but she did apologize for it and tried to make up for it. Again, I'm trying, I like Kate Middleton. I do. So when I heard that, I was kind of like, well, that sucks. But then you hear that she apologized and it's kind of like, Well, okay. Now, as this interview goes on, Megan opens up more about how she had these suicidal thoughts. And I think it is very brave to come out and talk about that. And I'm sure what I just said was a trigger warning. I'm sorry I did not put a trigger warning ahead of it, but I'm gonna put a trigger warning ahead of this. When I was 23, I went through a really, really dark period where I had those thoughts, right? Like I was ready to not be here anymore. So the fact that somebody with that platform on a show that was probably had as many viewers as the Super Bowl was open about that and talking about it. It was really, you know, my heart felt for her. I really, really felt for her in those moments. And she talked about how she had to like basically clean up her act and go right to a gala with Harry. And Harry was trying to be as strong as he could be for her, but he didn't want her to be alone. And then Harry and Megan said, you know, they tried to reach out for help. They tried to get the proper help, therapy, whatever, but it wasn't a good look for a royal family member to go through that. And that's when things started to change, it seems. And also, Harry said that the Australia trip changed everything because Megan did such a good job in her position. And if you remember, or if you watched any of the season four of The Crown, that's when things changed for Diana because the people loved Diana and the royal family could not handle that. They did not like that this quote unquote commoner girl, she wasn't a commoner, she had some kind of royalty in her blood, 
but she wasn't the royal family. She shouldn't be getting as much fanfare, if not more, than Charles. And she was definitely getting more than Charles. Fuck Charles. The thing that shocked me the most, obviously, the whole interview, I was like on the edge of my seat. My jaw was like hung open at this point. But when Meghan and Harry were talking about how they were trying to decide Archie's title depending on his skin tone. If he was darker, he would not get a title. And that made me so fucking furious, right? Because at the end of this, at the end of the day, all of this comes down to race. And that's something Harry kept saying. He kept saying, you know, the way they treated my mother was not fair, but they never attacked her race. They never attacked the way, you know, this color of her skin. And that just made me like sick to my stomach. And I did watch a few things this morning where Oprah had like, more interview footage. And she actually said she was like, Harry told me he's never going to tell me who said that to him, but he wanted to make it clear that it was not his grandfather, Philip or Elizabeth or his grandma, Elizabeth. So I think it was Charles. I, a lot of people say William. I don't think it was William. I mean, maybe that's just me trying to hold on hope that William isn't as bad as his father. I'm not sure. But even when Harry, you know, um, even when Oprah asked Harry about his relationship with his father, Harry was quick to be like, yeah, when he started taking my calls. So it seems like Charles took this the worst, right? Obviously, William and Charles took it really hard. And something Harry kept saying, which I thought was interesting, was that they were stuck. They're stuck in this lifestyle. They are trapped in the royal family, basically. I did not know that the royal family cut him off financially. He said that his mother had a trust fund for him, and that's what they've been living off of, basically, until they signed with Spotify and Netflix. Because I remember they were taking a step back from the public eye, then started, like, a production studio and all that, and I was kind of like, which is it? Like, do you want to be in the public eye or do you not? And now after watching it, of course, it makes sense. They don't mind being um, public service, doing public service, but they did not want to have the firm, as they kept saying, surrounding them. They wanted to feel safe. They wanted to know that they were safe. And how crazy is it that Tyler fucking Perry is the one who made sure that they were safe? And, you know, I've heard a lot of good things about Tyler Perry. I'm not trying to, like, shit on him. But the fact that the, like, royal family was like, no, no more security, no money for you. And Tyler Perry's just like, come hang out. Like, I got security for you. I got a house for you to stay in. Like, that is... It's just, it's insanity. I don't know. And again, I'm not saying anything bad about Tyler Perry. It's just so crazy that like the monarchy was like, no, you're done. <laughs> like we're done with you. Thank you though. Um, overall, I think it was a good interview. I thought um, Harry was really genuine. As far as Megan, I read a lot of things. People don't think she's a genuine, not relatable. I think maybe she's just very guarded. You know, if she was a really good actress, she would have been on more than Suits on USA. That's all I can say about that. But I do hope that maybe this opens some eyes to not only the royal family and how they have all these problematic behaviors, but also mental health. I think that's really, really important. Even this person who seemingly had the world, right? You marry into the royal family, you assume that you're gonna have money, fame, happiness, like servants literally delivering you breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and you think it's the life and it's not. And yeah, I just, I really liked that part. That part really, really spoke to me. Um, I genuinely thought that they were gonna say Prince Philip died today. I really did to try and take the heat off the royal family for this interview, but I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen any statements. I've seen Pierce Morgan go off, but I don't listen to him, so I have nothing to say about that. And yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And you know, I think that Harry is gonna carry on the Princess Di legacy really, really well. I do. All right, so now it is time for what I like to call a shallow dive. I am not good at deep dives. Troy from the Dunzo podcast is immaculate when he puts together deep dives. My brain does not work that way. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. I just cannot do them the way that Troy does them. So I found a lot of this on Reddit, a few DMs about the cast, but mostly on Reddit and Tumblr. I know that you can't always believe what you read though. So I do want to put that out there. All of this is allegedly, all of this is like, hearsay. None of this is fact. I want to put that disclaimer out there right now. 
So this person said they worked on a lot, on the lot where Pretty Little Liars would film. And they kind of gave the rundown about each cast member. They said Ashley Benson is a huge bitch, that's simple. And I have heard that Ashley is extremely unfriendly and just straight up rude, though I know a few people who've met her like on red carpets and say she's nice. But in general, I have heard very bad things about Ashley Benson. Now let's talk about Troyanne Bellasori, I believe is how you pronounce your last name. And of course, when I say that, I'm definitely pronouncing it wrong. Very nice lady sometimes, but she wouldn't talk or ignore us. Most of the time she was with Marlene King. She was the favorite. So it seems like she just kind of went there, did her job, wouldn't be rude, wouldn't talk to anybody, just kind of be focused on what she was doing. Shay Mitchell. Bragged about everything. She was friends with Ashley Benson. At one point, we thought they were girlfriends. She would choose her own wardrobe all the time. So when you saw whatever Emily was wearing, that's what Shay picked out. She was so sweet at the beginning, but changed a lot as things went on. It's also very rumored on set that Shay hated her scenes with Lindsay Shaw. Could you imagine? What drama? Drama, drama, drama. All right, Lucy. Very nice girl. She tried to get along with everyone. Barely interacted with Ashley and Shay. She used to get along with Troyan at the beginning, but distanced themselves later. He mentioned that Lucy would just take pictures with them when they asked for a cast selfie. But other than that, Lucy was not around the cast. Janelle, who played Mona. Professional, got along with everyone, but was mainly close to Troyan, Brendan, and Sasha. And it's funny because I actually heard Janelle is an asshole sometimes. So again, it just probably depends on the day. The only one who I will say had like consistently bad behavior was Ashley Benson. And then Sasha Peer- Pearson, Peterson, who was Ellie De Laurentiis. I don't know why I said her last name like that. I'm sorry. She's so talented, always on time. I liked her smile. We adore her very much, along with Janelle and Ian. She was our favorite. And I don't know why, I kind of love that. I kind of love when you find out people who like played bitches on TV are actually super nice. So this person also said that as far as cast friendships go, Troy and Shay and Ashley were the closest. He also mentioned that these three were Marlene's favorites along with Keegan. Marlene would give them the opportunity to basically do whatever they wanted for their character, date, kiss, or say a specific line. Lucy barely interacted with the cast, but would talk to Ian, Janelle, and Sasha. And they talked about the rest of the cast, but um, Marlene was nice. Regarding Tyler and Keegan, he said Tyler was always with Ashley, but he was a nice guy. And Keegan was annoying the girls and telling unfunny jokes and everyone would fake laugh. And he would also hear him saying no homo pretty often. I don't know why, but that doesn't surprise me that much. Apparently this guy was like, you know, the girls are forced to get along when doing interviews or conventions, but they weren't as close as everybody would think. Here are some more notes for someone who worked near set and the cast would come in often. One time, the four girls came in and you could see that they were distant from Lucy. It was visibly awkward to watch. Ashley paid for everyone's sandwiches, but not Lucy's, even though Lucy was next in line to pay. This person also said Ian Harding, who played Ezra, was very friendly, and I've actually heard that. I've heard he's a very nice, chill, mellow guy. Also, big crush on him, so I'm glad to hear that. Cody Allen Christian, a.k.a. Aria's brother, who's now on the incredible show All-American, was very friendly and would come in almost every Saturday, a very normal guy, didn't want any extra attention, didn't ask for any, like, special favors. I don't know, special treatment, I guess I should say. But again, I love that because he plays such an asshole. It's really nice to hear that he's a nice guy. In some small random tea, she also said that Cam from Modern Family was the rudest celebrity that ever came into this place where this person worked, which I thought was interesting. They were like, I've met Angelina Jolie. I've met a whole bunch of celebrities, but Cam from Modern Family was by far one of the rudest people I have ever, ever met. Now, basically the biggest chunk of this shallow jump was the Lucy and Ashley feud that they allegedly had between one another. But I am gonna do some more random facts that you might enjoy, some tea slash facts you might enjoy. Troyanne Bellasori once admitted to Good Morning America that she got into it with Ian Harden, who played Ezra Fitz, the former English teacher at Rosewood High School, when the two first met. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like that was really weird pauses. I apologize. But Troyan said, I got into a huge fight with Ian. He annoyed me. So what was this all about? They got into a conversation about biology. Troyan was so, was actually valedictorian of her high school class, and she didn't agree with Hardin's comment about evolution. 
Like, what a weird thing. I bet you, I bet you Troyan was, like, one of the worst people to have in your high school class. Can we all agree with that? I mean, Spencer was one of my favorite characters. I thought she was very funny. But, yeah, I could picture that being very, very difficult to be around, like, 24-7. Another random fact is that Ashley Tisdale was actually offered a role on the show, but she would have been, like, 30 playing a 16-year-old, so I think it's for the best that she passed up the role. Also, Ali Michalka had... From <laughs> that's probably not how you say your last name. Um, from Ali and AJ, she was offered a role when she um, when Hellcats ended, uh, the CW show that only lasted like half a season. When that ended, she was offered a role on Pretty Little Liars, and she said no. I had a follower DM me about Lucy Hale and say that someone they once hooked up with was friends with Lucy, and when she would get drunk, people would call her Lucifer because she became a completely different person. And if anything, that actually makes me like Lucy Hale more, and I don't know what that says about me. And Ashley Benson actually suggested using Secret by the Pierces as the theme song, so they can all thank Ashley Simpson. Ashley Simpson? So they can all thank, thank Ashley Benson for that one. And whenever I hear that song, I know I should think of Pretty Little Liars, but I always think of Gossip Girl. That played on Gossip Girl way before Pretty Little Liars. It was actually on my iPod. And then when Pretty Little Liars got big, I was like, no, I've been listening to this. Also, one thing I think is absolutely bananas is that Sasha actually was 12 when she was cast. Like, the other girls were, like, 18 to 22, and she was just 12 years old. And she carried that show on her fucking back. I don't care what anybody has to say. Also, allegedly, Lucy and Ian would hook up during season one, but as the show got more popular, they decided to, to tone it down a bit and just be friends. Okay, so the Ashley and Lucy fallout is actually really, really interesting. I got this from the Marina alexis.tumblr.com and these two were like best best friends in from 2010 to 2012 and get ready for this buckle up because this is where the tea is like okay people didn't get along on set whatever but I'm gonna read this and I hope you guys enjoy it because as I was reading it my jaw like hit the floor so the first sign of the trouble took place in 2012. Lucy was the only one of the girls to attend Coachella that year. Around the same time, Ashley, Shay, and Troyan posted a video on set in which they appeared to poke fun at Coachella and claimed that they could not attend the event because of filming. There was some speculation at that time that the video was targeted specifically at Lucy, although it has never been confirmed. Later that year, Lucy broke up with her boyfriend, Chris Zilka, and Chris made a very public tweet about the breakup. It said, I guess she thinks she's better than me now. And know what's crazy? Chris Zilka actually um, cheated on Phoebe Tonkin with Lucy Hale, I believe. And then he, of course, went on to date Paris Hilton, was engaged to her. They ended up breaking up. But he's been around a little bit. He, he has. He was on that CW show. It all comes back to CW. Everything I talk about ends up going back to either TRL or CW. But he was on The Secret Circle, I believe it was called. And Phoebe Tonkin was on that, along with Britt Robinson and a few others. Okay, so just several months later, somewhat intimate photos were released of Ashley and Chris. And they're like arms around one another. And they're like holding on to each other. Allegedly, Lucy briefly unfollowed both Shay and Ashley on Instagram around that time, although no one could find confirmation about this. Now, a lot of rumors also say that Lucy allegedly slept with Ashley's boyfriend. Whoever that boyfriend was, I pray to God it wasn't Ryan Good. But she allegedly slept with one of Ashley's boyfriends at a party. Now, this Tumblr doesn't say that, that, but there have been rumors for a long time that that's what happened. But I like this kind of timeline broken down. It was around this time in 2013 that rumors began to swirl about a possible rift between Lucy and the other PLL girls, which prompted Lucy to tweet the following. For the magazine claiming I'm quitting Pretty Little Liars, I love the show and everyone involved. Rumors continued to grow, however, as Troy, Shay, and Ashley kept posting pictures together with Lucy absent, including the events such as the 100th episode party, and this lasted throughout 2013 and 2014. At one point, Ashley posted a picture on Instagram, and Shay captioned, But a Benzo Forever. Ashley has since deleted many of the photos from Pretty Little Liars, but the same day, Lucy posted this, and it was Troyan and Lucy 
Troyan's kissing her cheek, saying, Trucy forever. It was also in 2014 that Lucy began working on her country album. The rest of the Pretty Little Liar girls were very noticeably silent on social media. There was no support for her music career or promotion when her album came out. This was particularly interesting coming from Ashley, who was otherwise very vocal on Twitter about her co-star's other projects around the same time. She ended up saying things like, wow, babe, at Sleep in the Garden, you inspire me, which is Troyan. Can't wait to see Janelle Parrish tonight in my favorite Key, Key Owen which is um, Keenan Allen. The silence regarding Lucy's album caused this feud rumors to explode. Soon after TV nominations were released that year for Teen Choice Awards, in which Lucy and Troyan were both nominated for Choice TV Actress in a Drama, Ashley and Shay tweeted the following, likely in response. Every year, same thing. And then Shay retweeted and goes, LOL, ZZZ, like she's sleeping. The rumor of an Ashley-Lucy feud was finally addressed when Ashley tweeted out a screenshot of a text conversation between her and Lucy. Miss you, have fun tonight. And Lucy uh, responded saying, my pretty ladies. In the following months, Lucy and Ashley were noticeably inclusive towards one another on social media. Since then, things have seemed relatively peaceful between them. It's clear that the close friendship they seem to have is likely gone for good. But up until this latest unfollowing, it seems as though any possible feud between them is over. So, I mean, as of 2015, apparently Lucy and Ashley no longer hate one another. Um, Ashley is obviously in the news for dating people, as is Lucy Hale. They play the same game. Lucy just plays it better. But I feel like that was most of the juice that I could find about this cast. I thought there was going to be a lot more. But it really seems like it was mostly the Lucy and Ashley drama and I agree with that. I can actually remember watching the show and then following them on Instagram and being like, wow, they are never with Lucy Hill. <laughs> also, just a few of my thoughts on the show. I find it absolutely wild that Sasha was only 12 when she was cast on the show. I think, you know, she's 14 years old. She was a great actress. I think that Troyan and Sasha actually carried the show. Back in the day, I wanted Arya to be A. I kind of felt like it would make the most sense. It was also what the internet told me whenever I would Google it. So I was like, yeah, I'm right. Like, yeah, Arya's A. It was not. I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't watched it. The ending made me so mad. It was worse than the Gossip Girl ending. It was worse than the Hills ending. It was worse than any ending I've ever seen in my whole life. It was like Marlene just kept like, like, she wasn't even trying to make any kind of plot line. It's like she grabbed like, um, cooked spaghetti and threw it on a map and she's like, this is how we're gonna connect everything. It made no sense. Back in the day, I hate that I loved Arya and Ezra so much. Um, it was so problematic on so many levels, but yeah, I was rooting for them. There is one specific scene where Ezra breaks up with Arya in the car and I forget what song was playing, but it made me cry so hard. I was so invested in their disgusting illegal relationship. And then I will end on an unpopular opinion, but I liked Spencer and Caleb together. I thought they were actually pretty good actors and they worked well with one another. So that is my unpopular opinion on Pretty Little Liars. I actually really liked Emily and Allie too when they had their little thing. But I hope that was a good shallow dive. I know, I know, I thought there was going to be a lot more drama, but it seems like it was Lucy and Ashley that really had all the drama all along. And Ashley Benson sounds like the worst. Hopefully she just gets hit up on bad days every single time she has a run-in with someone. I also just checked on Instagram and they all follow each other, all five of the main girls. Allie, Aria, Emily, Spencer, and Hannah. <laughs> I'm not saying their real names, but they all follow each other on Instagram. <laughs> I guess I could have easily just said Shay, Lucy, Troyan, Ashley, and Sasha, but I, I like saying the characters' names. But yes, they all follow each other, so it seems like whatever drama was on set is now water under the bridge, which we are happy. We love growth, but we also do enjoy some good, juicy drama here and there. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you guys listening each and every week. It means the world to me that you take time out of your week to listen. Listen to me ramble on. Listen to me stumble over Heidi, Holly, Stephanie, and Spencer. Because let me tell you, if I didn't edit this down, it would just be me going, and then Lauren talked to Sp Stephanie. <laughs> But seriously, I hope you guys have a great week. I know that this year has been crazy. I know March may trigger some shit, but I think we got this. I think that we are gonna, we're gonna be all right, okay? I'm gonna put it out there. We're gonna be okay. Um, within the next week or two, I'm very excited. 
One of my favorite emo bands is joining the podcast, and we're going to talk about back in the day music. We're going to talk about music now. Um, I've talked about them. I guess there are three potentials, right? Like there are three people, three bands who could probably fit my favorite emo band category. But I hope you guys... Just, just to get those wheels turning. Um, I'm really excited, though, and I think it's going to be a good time. I am always emailing people, so I promise you I am trying to get more people on the podcast. And I know this week I didn't go over Floribama Shore, Teen Mom, or The Challenge. Really quick, I think CT acted like a complete asshole towards Big T. As far as Floribama Shore goes, I think Gus is a little bitch, but I promise to bring that recap back next week. I know a lot of you guys like the challenge. Not so much Floribama Shore, but I know you like the challenge. And as far as Teen Mom goes, you guys know how I feel about that show. I just hate watching it at this point. But seriously, I hope you have a great rest of your week. Thank you so much for hanging out, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.